Gear. Welcome to the Nigeria Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Kaede Kasson. He's a director and producer. He's most notably known for directing Sugar Rush, Ogabolaji, Kwam's Money, Dwindle, amongst others. We talk about how he got into the industry, directing across genres, and his plans in 2022. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi Kaede, you're welcome to Nigeria Filmmaker. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, this is actually a really dope idea. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so can you introduce yourself? My name is Kaede Kasum. I'm a filmmaker based in Lagos, Nigeria. Mm, I like to tell stories. Um, I edit, direct, and this year I'm testing my hands at producing. Um, 70% of my day is film, and the rest of it is everything else. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, um, tell us your origin story. Like, how did you get started um, making films? Um, I started making films um, after film school. I decided to try my hands at editing. I could edit. It was something, it was one of the skills that I had, and I felt like um, editing was the closest way to get a nine to five. Yeah. And that's how. Um, edited for a very long time, then tried my hands at motion graphics. Uh, so I think I was good at that for for a bit. I decided to try film, which is when I made my first feature film, Dog Knocked, in 2017. Yes. Yeah. And that's how I got into film. Um, every single day, there's also, and every project has been an opportunity to get better. Uh, opportunity to learn again, telling the story. So, yeah, that's my origin story. Okay. So, um, you said you went to film school. Um, what year was this? Ah, I do remember years, but went to went to Pefty in Lagos. Um, then went did I also had a year in Ghana film school. That oh. that was it. Okay. And how was that experience for you? It was I always knew that um, that experience was just my foundation in film. Um. I always knew that I always had to work and keep learning to get better, which is what I've been doing. Every- so yes, in terms of experience, it was it was it felt good to see um, different people. So I had to see some that I had in telling stories. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. Funny enough, most of all those people I met at the time are still the same people that are making films now. So it was it was an opportunity to meet different people and to make friends meet different storytellers and just learn from each other. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about your um your first um feature film, Dog Napped. This was a live action but um it had the talking dog. Yeah. I yeah. guess that <laughs> that decision kind of um, explains itself. Yeah. Um see the type of work that I do. Um it's, it was so it was something I was excited about. And that's actually me. I don't know if it's a good tonight, but in most times when I'm excited about something, yeah. I just want—I just can't wait to see it um, 
So at the time, it just made sense. I didn't even think I thought about marketing or the audience. And then I just wanted to make a film. And then that's how we made Dogmap. Made it along with producer Tim Nola Adipayo. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it flopped or it was a success, but I'll say what Dogmap kind of did was it did inspire me to make more films. Uh, 30 minutes. Took two years of production. Uh, it was a comedy. It had Julius Agu on it. Yeah, I mean, we had fun making the film. Yeah. Why did it spend two years in post-production? Uh, fonts, no. It was uh, it was really, really low-budget films, and the animation was quite a lot. So I think we were rendering the animation of the dog's mouth in India. Oh. And, yeah, we had to work, make dollars, and send for them to send us footage back. That's mostly why it took a lot of time. And also, distributors were not wasn't as easy to get a distributor to um, fall in love with the and it was quite distributors. But after persuading and persuading we found our way in. And then um your next film was Ogabolaji. Yes, next film was Ogabolaji which was kinda of like uh, maybe therapy for myself. I wanted to make a film. Uh, I felt like I, I was, I gave up on film. Like I didn't want to do, do film again just because of the um, no response that I got from Dogmount. Yeah. Um, so it was more like me writing letters to Lagos and a love letter to myself, telling, saying, um, talking about not giving up despite everything that's happened in the country. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be my last film, but. By some miracle, we just got picked up by different festivals. Yeah. And yeah, that's what kind of opened doors for opportunities to work with filmmakers like Jadia Shapiro yeah. and Sugar Rush. Yeah. I mean, thank God for Gabalaji. If not, wouldn't have had all the blockbusters that you have been a part of. Yeah, we thank God for that. Okay, so for a director that has made um, a, a road movie that's so. To a blockbuster like um, Sugar Rush and like um, several films across various um, genres. For you, like what always kind of um, draws you to a story? Um, it's kind of like a feeling. I don't think it's something I can explain. It's all of a sudden I want the character to win, or if it's not that, it might be the style of filmmaking. Uh, the fact that oh this is really it's um it's a, it's a it's a story about high class Nigerians that's Castle and Castle yeah I haven't really had the opportunity to, to tackle something like that and I'm a big fan of suits so when you get those opportunities as filmmakers now you always want to um get to get the slice of the cake <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word or term yeah you always want to try something like that it excites you it's the, the challenge that's exciting for me. <laughs> Um, so projects that I've jumped on, like Castle and Castle, doing that, it was something I had not done before, and I kind of I liked the way the directors in the first season shot it, and I always wanted to try myself, myself, um, see how I would interpret something that was about the corporate world, and so yes, I did that. So it's always these different things for different projects for me, um, yeah. It's different things for different projects. 
Uh, that's what drives me to shoot. Sometimes it's the characters in the world, like um, you say, you call like dealing with trauma, yeah. and I know it's something like um, I used to be the, the main character, the lead character was dealing with trauma, and I knew it's something that um, a lot of Nigerians kind of go through, but it's like the unspoken, uh, like an unspoken term, an unspoken word, mental health in this in this part of our society, yeah. as of like two or three years ago. So it was. It felt good to be able to make a film like that. And when it came out on Netflix, everybody on Twitter who had had serious um, exper- experiences similar to what ITD had, they always had something to say. So it's always um, different feelings. Sometimes it's a picture type like Sole. I always I'm a fan. When you you get an opportunity to to say, oh, I think I'm confident enough and I have the skill yeah. to pull a you get that excitement, that challenge. It's kind of why I pick stories, um, why I decide to work with people. Sometimes I do get scripts that I do not have any um, any emotional attachment to. Yeah. Sometimes I do get work like that. But then there's something creative that I'm now emotionally attached to in the project. One example is I would never have thought that in my life I would make an Afrofuturistic film. Yeah. <laughs> this time you get, but um, met, had a phone call with um, Lolo, which is the co-director on the project. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. I read the script. It was a well-written script. I still wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. But then go flying to Abuja to meet her and meet the team, which is where I met you. Yeah. And just see the groundwork and the passion um, that of the scale of what and the scale in which what she wanted to do, I knew what she needed at the time, and she needed creatively, and I knew that I could bring that to the table. So, just the lone self can this can sometimes can be like a creative attachment, emotional kind. Like if this, if I'm not really too drawn to the world, if I wasn't really too drawn to the lead character, maybe I'll be drawn to the world that we're trying to create. Yeah. And slowly, just like every relationship, as you begin to work on a project, you begin to now fall in love with it. This is basically the dilemma of a director for hire. Uh, with um, directors in the early part of their career, um, sometimes it's, it's a case that you're um, you know, trying to find your voice. You're not always... Um, confident about your ideas you don't want to you know say certain things or do certain things in certain ways for you like um what what was the tipping point when did you kind of like kind of start to own your creativity and like what you bring to a project what what was that tipping point for you i guess i'll answer it like this um I guess at first, when I first came in, I was, when I first started making films, which is from Ogabolaji, I was finding my voice. Oh. And then my voice was at the time, which was, I think still is, um, I like stories that have to do with underdogs. Underdogs rising to something, stepping, finding out what they actually need and not what they want. And it did seem like I had, I was lucky enough to get Sugar Rush, which had that same theme. The story for underdogs. Um, but it took me taking on um, independent projects for production companies 
for me, I guess they say experience is the best teacher. Yeah. In you know, all these several films, I began to notice a pattern, began to learn how the industry works. And I slowly began to understand, um, fully understand the power of a director. Yeah. What the director can, the effect that the director can have for a film. Um, I would say that I am not the filmmaker that I was two years ago or a year ago. Yeah. Because with the experience and with film projects, you, be, you get to learn better and begin to understand more about the art form. Um, so if you say when I again began to get confidence, to be honest with you, no lies, I guess it's just this year wow. <laughs> that I fully understood. I think this is my voice and this is the decisions I want to make and these are the type of stories I want to tell. Yeah. Um, I've been learning on the job, to be honest. And I do think that this year I do, I think this year I'll, I'll make better films and my voice in, in my stories will be much stronger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking forward to that, and um, yeah, it's it's interesting that you know, um, is is this year, you know, you have you have you have done a lot of films, and um, I mean, it just goes to um, say that you know, like every day, every day is a new day. We all evolve, and um, yeah, there's always something to um, I guess reevaluate, and um, you know change direction I, yeah. I feel like at this point the internet should go the other way around i should ask you a question oh, okay <laughs> what do you like about nigerian films oh, what do i like about nigerian films um um for me i'd say first of all is um the peculiar situations the relatability with the characters you know being like nigeria is a very special like country um certain things that happen here don't happen anywhere in the world and um like some of these situations you don't you know, you might not have gone through but you know that it's quite possible and just kind of like seeing life through um that character's lens you know it's always interesting yeah i guess um, you have more you're more connected to nigerian stories because you are from nigeria and it's just, I get, and for me also, it's how the little scenes, you know, just the small scenes of, yeah. um, of a car driving through a dead town, a dead village to a um, to a red gate, rusty yeah. gate. Oh, I say, Papa, I'm here. You get huh. just that. <laughs> you just put a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. It's all those um little details in the films that, yeah. I always like and, special. Yeah, I love Nigeria also. I love how they kind of address situations that you know the general mass can understand. Mm. It's a nice fun to make in Nigeria. Um, maybe thirty thousand people or seventy or two hundred thousand people come and sit down, connect to laugh and go or smile or enjoy and go home. Yeah. Um. What are three random facts about you that not many people know? I love music. Um, I think if, if you if you watch if you really watch my films, you know I like music. So yeah. Uh, random facts, music. Uh, random facts. Yes, I learned most of the things I learned about film on YouTube. I think for every filmmaker, so that's not random, but that's what's random enough that I can yeah. think of. 
Um, third one is what's the third random fact? Yeah, the third random fact is uh, I guess like everyone else too. I have conversations with different versions of myself in my head. I guess I I would like to think that everybody does that. Not that's not me alone. Yeah. Or if that's not random enough, I'm a gluten. I love eating. I hope that's random enough. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Um. You know. Let's let's talk about sugar rush. So sugar rush. Um. I think it's it hit like one fifty million in two weeks. Oh, that's big numbers. I usually don't remember the numbers, but. I do not even expect. I actually even when I wasn't expecting the numbers to be that big, yeah. Sugar Rush may surpass everybody's imaginations and expectations. Yeah. Um, it was it was a blessing to be able to work alongside Jadu Shibiru. The woman is amazing, and how she just has a vision and just finds a way to inspire everybody towards that vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sugar Rush was I, like it was it was work. It was a really difficult time for me because I was <laughs> I was doing Sugar Rush and we were shooting an internet series at the time. But uh, in my head, I was like, Sugar Rush is it, man. Sugar yeah. Rush is it, Kyle. has to. <laughs> this is the one. Um, I'm happy that the outcome did well. I guess I'll say that it's through that film that everybody knows me now. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, how was, how was the filming experience on Trigger Rush? Uh, it was, um, I'm, I'm like a sponge, that's me. If you put me in an environment, I learn quick because for me, every opportunity um, must not be, must not pass me by. That's what I to say, So um, I'm like a sponge. It was a good experience learning um, fast from Jade. Even from the actors, just learning their techniques. And also, it was really important for me to have a really calm atmosphere so that these three ladies could gel. Yeah. Like, connect with each other. I mean, and that was done easily. Like, the moment they, I think they were friends. A few, um, the few things, this really happens in film. Yeah. It's like, it's magic. You know, when all the characters are connected, it really happens. Mm. Um, so one thing I did learn from Sugar Rush is always try to have a calm on set. Um, for me, in my head, it wasn't like, oh, this is a big film, or this is the film. In my head, it was just telling that story. Yeah. And I stuck to it. Yeah. Every, I just, and I think that experience also has taken me through my other films, just sticking to the idea and closing my ears from all the noise. I just tried to do my best. Um, it was a good story that Jadi and um, um, the writer, um, Bumi Ajakaye, um, I don't know, I didn't pronounce the name well, but yeah, such a great writer. She's also a director, so. Yeah. It was a magical script. Everything just happened at the right time. And that's why we're here today. I mean, yeah. that's why I'm on your podcast. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, you mentioned, you know, creating this calm environment for you know, the actors to, you know, um, get into character and connect with each other are some of those things that, you know, always um, get the characters to, you know, um, give exceptional performances. Uh, I think an actor's past experiences 
because you know, in Nigeria, first time you meet an actor, sometimes if you are lucky at production, you get yeah. if really good production. If you are lucky, you get to meet um, the actor a week before, or sometimes three days before the shoot. Um, sometimes you meet them on set. Sometimes you have a phone call with them before you come to set. Yeah. So, uh, is to my films with um, 70 to 60% of what I think I want the character to be. Yeah. Then remaining 40 or 30% I leave it for the actor to interpret. Um, I think when I do that, I think I always have great characters. Um, in films, best characters that I have shot in my career is um, the pastor from Sole that played. I was played by Goody Pomosa. Yeah. Every hall that I watched Sole in, in the cinema, every time he says, um, every time he was saying his dialogue, he always had this call and response. Yeah, and he would say, like for example, in Jesus, and the whole everybody in the in the hall would say name like. It was more, it was that moment and the way we created that mannerism for that character was just first time, like I had not met Gold, we just met on set on the first day. And I just told him that everything this character, X broke down the character to him and told him everything this character says, the character believes in it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I told him, I had to take him back to a moment where he knows those type of pastors. He has met those type of pastors before. Yeah. And that was his, his only interpretation coming in with what I was saying. I told God, you are not trying to be fun. It's not a comedy. Like, this guy really exists. And just in not trying to be funny and his own experience of the pastor he has met in his life before yeah. is what better that type of character. So I always try to go in. What I've learned, answering your question is, that's me explaining it is, I always try to go into films giving a lot of space for the actors to interpret it their own way. Yeah. Um, that sometimes that's sometimes like an extra uh, bit of magic that can help your film. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I can share. This is along with a lot of a host of like a lot of other things that I've learned in working in Nigeria. I also learned just from making mistakes. Um, learned from making good films um yeah i think most important one to add to that would be the story man it's not about how you shoot it yeah it's not about it's not about camera angles or how clear your camera is yeah it's just have a good story. have a good story everything else will be fine so um you've you've directed a lot of like relatively big films um and you also mentioned that you know, with every film you make, you you know, are figuring out um, you are figuring out things. And what would you say? Like, of course, um, Sugar Rush is the blockbuster, the big like I guess your biggest uh, movie at yeah, the biggest. box office. Um, what would you say are the ingredients for a blockbuster? Man, I don't think anybody can definitely answer that question. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody can answer that because sometimes you have a film like Bridget Life now that did well this year. Yeah. By director Brother Stephen, you get nobody like it was an unexpected hit. It was a success. Hmm. So you really can't say what you what you think is what works over here. Yeah. You might think a comedy would do it and a comedy won't. Hmm. Who knows a whole might do it. 
Um, I just think it's about the story. Just tell a funny story that people can connect to. And you, you don't know what will happen, man. And it's a, I think it's not even just what ingredients. There's a lot of factors that also affect this blockbuster hit. Yeah. First is getting a good date. You understand? Yeah. Like, and also have the backing of the cinemas behind you and the distributors. Yeah. If you are not in good, if you don't have good handshakes with certain people, your film will never get certain numbers. Yeah. So, so whole marketing to how you market it, your marketing budget. There's a whole lot of factors that determine um, success at a blockbuster. Well, factors that determine um, if success for a good for a good film is going to be a good story. Yeah. So really, you cannot um, list all the things that will make a film um, a blockbuster in Nigeria. Yeah. I think this with Mike's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um what's that one film or TV show that you know you always love to rewatch? Uh I have bad rewatch. <laughs> Once I watch a film I've watched it. But something I think I w- might go back to watch again is um Ted Lasso. Okay. We just recently found Ted Lasso. It's a really good show. Um I think it's something I always go back to just see just the attention to detail in terms of character delivery. Yeah. And um something I always go back to watch. I like that show a lot. Um film. The Grand Budapest Hotel is a good the what? Rewatch. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. That's a good rewatch just for uh, inspiration for short angles and stuff. Yeah. I recently like this Arcane on Netflix. Mm. That's a really good show. I like that one. It's like an animation series. Yeah. Thriller dramas, really dope. I think I've seen it. Yeah, sci-fi thriller is dope. So, you know, you've had a very um, busy um, career, you know, from being in motion graphic designer to being an editor to also having some cinematographic credits what difference would you say your understanding of all these other disciplines kind of um have had in your directing um it's helped it's helped i mean it's really helped it's um it's helped me in solving in solving problems um for instance, one biggest thing I'll say is um, I wish that I could film out of this. I want to say now, solo shot in one place. <laughs> the only scenes that we had to move was the scenes in the bus. Where that thing was shot in one tennis court. And it's something that nobody has noticed. So just this, just knowing about editing. And knowing about camera angles and just you know, standing the camera to us helps for me getting out of sticky situations like that. Ukraine, uh, the budget was, we're trying to use a small amount of money to make a big money film. Yeah. And that was those ideas and um, experiences really helped in that department. Yeah. And um, yeah, like Solar is still in cinemas. Um, you guys have been there for weeks. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's selected theaters. Yeah, that's what you say for films that 
distributors cut out yeah. like it's it's out um theaters yeah you mentioned that um filmmaking is 70 percent of your life so what do you do when you're not directing blockbusters everything every human normal human being does spend time with family watch tv um do stuff that makes them happy so what makes yeah. you happy what are some of the things that make you happy music uh, what like i i hear the fire i want to say this uh, music and watching <laughs> and watching what oh my god <laughs> music and watching movies like that's it but don't judge me i am working on having a whole life away from film i like watching sports i like watching basketball yeah i can spend my whole day doing that I'm a big fan of Adito Kupo Giannis. And yeah, that's mostly it. Mm. I was going to ask you, you were working on a film. I knew that you directed something recently. Was it the ending of last year or this year? Yeah, the ending of last year. How did that go? How was it? Um, yeah, it, it went well. Um, like, yeah, we, we made... So, like, in a way, like, yeah, we're kind of working against time. We... I had to make some last minute edits to the scripts. Um, it was kind of a weird production because we didn't have a lot of um, night scenes. So, like, I think maybe just like. Um... Sorry? Yeah. And over here, we have faster days and longer nights. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think out of like 80 scenes, we had like seven or eight night scenes. So, it was like we're wrapping at seven eight nine you know it was quite weird for the crew um you know but it gave us enough time to rest and um yeah like i i think i think um yeah people would love the movie it's a it's a nice movie you know um hoping to get it out to cinemas by the middle of this year um you know when, once the film is ready we show it to the big boys and then you know we get the feedback about when we can you know show it in cinema so yeah i'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody i'm also like before that like i'm going to be putting out um my web series i shot that last year it's almost been a year april um that is a story about also kind of yeah a crime crime drama um about somebody that went missing from NYC camp. So yeah, that should be fun. I really can't wait to see them. I think we need to see more new voices in this space. And please don't give up on those films. Let's watch them all. Yeah, definitely. I saw some of pictures on Instagram and I'm expecting it, man. Yeah. I'll... Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, once yeah, once um, we have dates for release, yeah, um, I'll be sure to publicize all that. Let's talk about your Afro-futuristic film, um, Tarella. So what yeah, can you tell um, us about it? So you you, um, you watch films like The Last Duel. You watch films like um, The Last Samurai. Um, you watch uh, Black Panther. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I said sometimes you are... As a creative, for me, sometimes I am attached to certain projects just for the creative challenge. Yeah. 
read Tarela and um, beautiful script. He hit the part of me, of the style of films that I like to make, which is romance. Yeah. I've done romance. Uh, Tambili, this lady called Life. Had a bit of it in Castle. Castle. Huh. On Broken, I'd also... Yeah, I think I'd i done that and I was pretty comfortable. Love is yellow, yes. Man, a guy, how many opportunities do you get to actually make an African version or remake of Cinderella? Not, not many. Yes, not many. So it was a challenge. But yes, you know our audience now. Give them Cinderella now. If you don't do it right, they'll come for your ass. But yeah, yeah. it's okay. I mean... I've taken some of the ass opens before. I'm a big boy. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't mind. It was a big challenge to to take. And like we did it gracefully. We did it gracefully. Uh, yeah. There were some challenges. Lots of challenges. But with every film, there are challenges. Yeah. I don't think it's... Uh, flying to Abuja to work with the Abu team in Abuja is not um, a decision I think I want to take back. It was a learning experience and a learning curve, and I enjoyed every moment of it. So, what was um, different about shooting in Abuja for you? Um, the pace. <laughs> yeah. You know, now Lagos, Lagos boys and Lagos crew are used to making the impossible happen. Mm. Yeah, so the pace. I felt like that pace wasn't there. But to be honest, it was. It, I should have embraced um, that more. Looking back at it, yes, because the extra time that we had to sit and um, wait for scenes to be set up, I think we had more enough time to figure out the ways to tell the story better. The coming back, I guess, is something I won't. I took something I took from Abuja. Like every project, I learned something from the project. Coming back from Abuja is. He, the car that I used to rush and shoot had disappeared and I was just like sitting down and I was like telling people I'm a four scenes a gay guy now guys mm. it's four three scenes a day well <laughs> uh-huh. yeah I did enjoy it but I did enjoy it was it was good to to you know there's always an experience where in Lagos when you're on a set in Lagos yeah. you're with a crew that you guys have obviously don't want or two things together because yeah. it's practically the same circle of crews that is shuffled from different productions. Yeah. Well, it was the first time to be in a space that I was working with a crew that I barely knew. So I had to get to know people mm. and at the same time do the work. So that was just an extra fresh um, challenge. Yeah. And, but it was exciting, enjoyable at the same time. Nice. So, um, is there a date for its release? Uh, sometime in the middle of the year or towards the end of this year. Okay. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the response about of it too. Yeah. Okay, so, um, according to my last count, you have two co-directing credits. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. So, um, for you, how do you approach, um, you know, co-directing jobs? It's for, uh, first thing is, um, always understanding. I try 
always put myself in a position that um, I do not have the full authority over this project. That's yeah. the first one. Um, always respect that your partner um, has a gift for this. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, as creatives, sometimes creatives are, it's like sports. I think creatives are highly competitive. Yeah. You get wanting whose ideas should be um, the dominant one or whose ideas should always be used. So I always try to um, not go into that space like that. Um, I just try to keep an eye open. And some, uh, I try to keep an extra eye open for moments where I think I might be forcing my ideas yeah. and I just shut it down say, okay. And always, and it's not about it's not about saying or it's not about being um, civil. Actually, is it's about just knowing this is not going to work, and the other person has a better idea about being able to recognize that. Also, look for your strengths. I try to look for my strengths in my partner. I know that my partner is um, is very good at uh, as a scary, scary situation. Based on some of the experience in your work, if I know that my partner knows how to work with um, female characters in vulnerable situations, you get that just knowing them, each other's strengths and also working on each other's strengths. Yeah, that's what I try to do in a cool direction. So, um, what would you say has been your happiest Nollywood moment so far? Whoa, um. Two of them. Um, I would say uh, it's the night, the night of Sole yeah. was one of my, yes, one of the, the, the premiere, the night of the premiere of Sole was a very good Hollywood moment for me. And then um, the night of the premiere of Kambili. Okay. It was, uh, it was the first time that I felt I spoke with my voice. Both moments were moments that, I felt like I spoke in my voice and the crowd heard it clearly yeah. and they appreciate it. Uh, but also because I'm a really shy person, so there were also moments in those nights that I did not feel shy, that yeah. I was comfortable and confident that, oh, I am a filmmaker. Those yeah. two nights and those two films. Because for somebody, one experience I do have because I've done a I have had a lot of premieres. Is I can always read the room, and I know when the film work. <laughs> yeah, but those two were nice. Where I knew, yes, we had something that was special. Um, there are some things that we should, um, you know, try to improve upon. Um, what do you think the industry should prioritize? That one thing. First thing is. Justice is just in case that people that are not in the industry are listening. And this is also for people that are in the industry. It's quite hard. Yet, look at the country that we are in right now. It's hard to bring out 50 million, 30 million, um, 70 million, 120 million, 150 million. These are budget of films. 200 million. I say you want to shoot a film. Like you, you have... You believe in the film so much that you want to invest this money into it. But to be honest, let's tell the truth. You are doing this thing because you want to make what more money. <laughs> so sometimes, um, 
producers will pick um, certain genres of films that have worked in the past. Yeah. It's comedy. Um, I've been in certain rooms like that too. Just picking, just for the aim of wanting to make money. So yes, at the end of the day, guys, it's a business. And sorry that you, you're tired of seeing the same type of stories. I'm not saying that I want to do that too. Huh. I'm just like, I'm trying to explain to you the rationale on how people think when they make those type of stories. It's because they're trying to make money. Uh, and this is a country where there's not enough money to make good films. Yeah. People are trying. They're still doing. Okay. So after being said that, yes, there are lots of, I know the Nollywood is growing, but I know that if you know Nigerians now, we never give up. Yeah. We are always fighting to be better. And that's what filmmakers are trying to do. They're working really hard, saving more money, um, finding investors to make good films for the Nigerian audience and the world. Um, we can always get better because right now, our, I don't think our industry is only up to 50 years old, so we're still learning. Yeah. Um, and this is the process we learn by trying and still and loving what we do. So... Really no comment on that, but all I can wish myself for my colleagues is the grace to make beautiful films for Nigerian people and the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, our stories need to get out there. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, the audience keeps supporting us and for, for um, you know, the times of hurt them, hope they forgive, forgive us and still show up and give us their money like what should we expect from you in 2022 yeah the first person first time is going so i'm going to say it so if anybody actually listens to this podcast they'll hear it in 2022 i'm shooting a musical okay <laughs> i'm shooting musical drama yeah and i go to set soon so if anybody hears this they i know they got it from here yeah I did not intend to tell anyone yet because it's quite risky. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I'm confident I can pull it. And we have, we have been working and we've been recording music with Nollywood stars. Yeah. And I can't wait for that chapter of my life. All right. Also looking forward to it. Um, how can people keep up with your work? What's your website, your social media? My social media is my Instagram, Skyde Kasum. Yeah, I usually post stuff about my work there. And yeah, man, have a couple of nice stuff that's going to be happening this year. I will always talk about them there. All right. Thanks, Kaede, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, my brother. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.